to the Bare Naked ABCs, where we discuss every single Bare Naked Lady song from 7 to Y. And tonight, Jeff, do you know, just for random fact, do you happen to know what is the only fish that blinks? I believe, I believe it's a shark, because I think sharks are the only fish that have eyelids. No, 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 no. It's definitely the grouper. No, I no, I don't think you're right. It's definitely the shark. The shark is the I, only fish with eyelids. I could grouper. Was the grouper. It's not. Well, the you know what? Maybe you're right, but I don't think. I don't think so. that. <laughs> <laughs> so, as you can tell, we have with us tonight Jeff, and we have a special guest, someone who's been listening to the show for a full week and a half at this point, and newly joined and wrote to us. And I'm like, we've got to get her on the show immediately. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> Joining us tonight is Heidi Welch. Hello, Heidi. Hi, everybody. Welcome. Hi, Jeff. Thank you. Hi, Tracy. <laughs> you so had so here. much energy in the in the email that you sent us. I was like, we have to get her on soon. I was I was just so flabbergasted <laughs> at how amazing the show is, and listen to a plethora. One of my favorite words, a plethora <laughs> of 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 starting at seven and then going through and then finally i had to go back and forth and start listening to some others because i had to know the takes on some of my favorite songs <laughs> were, we, were we right yeah. on the on the takes or most of them yeah i i really i just listened to your uh take on um was it in the car Mm -hmm. oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and that's one of my favorites and i it was pretty much right on but i found it interesting that for the first time you didn't have a well you didn't have a woman on the woman response to break your heart and i was like <sighs> yeah Unfortunately, yeah. Michelle didn't join us for that. I weekend. know. And she's always right after. on. Like, and I know. Yeah, that would have been gonna, a good one for it. I'm, I'm very sad that Michelle is no longer with us. So, but she's no, she's with us still in spirit. She, she's still alive. Um, <laughs> she's just no longer with the podcast right now. I just thought it was really valuable to bring another female perspective in. Mm -hmm. We always would we, like we, yeah, we, yeah, absolutely. Um, like we have Allie that joins a lot and uh, yeah. I know it's always good to get that, that, you know, get, get a multiple, um, all the different perspectives on it. And I think that's, that's helpful and break, break your heart would be a great one for it. Oh, oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, when we start the alphabet over again in 47 years, then <laughs> we can do what we see if you have the same take on exactly. every song again. We'll start Why with Zed. Why did she say 47? That's weird. That's my number. I don't know why. 47 That's is my number, my number two. My YouTube channel is Jeff Whitmire 47. the refrigerator. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. And I've granted, that's my age now, but I mean, I'm 45, but yeah, it's like, but oh my God. I, I always like, 47 and I yeah. about freaked. Whenever I had students in the classroom, I'm like, I've said this 47 times. They're like, yeah. well, she mm -hmm. said it twice. So yeah. That's no. my number. No, you can so exaggerate weird. That is weird. That is, you are the first person is, I've met in four decades. Yeah. Is met. That is crazy. <laughs> crazy. This this makes my day. Just like you. 
<laughs> well, we should probably we... quote every BNL song in a sentence. Like you can just do it all day yeah, long. You, could, you can have a full a full conversation with BNL quotes. We should oh, try yeah, to write a play that's just oh. BNL quotes. You know, you were talking about oh. um, a connection between Jane and alternative girlfriend a few many episodes <laughs> ago, and I was like, you know, there could there's a musical in this. There's a there's, Broadway yeah, show in yeah. this. There's so many opportunities. Conventioneers, you could fit in there. Like, oh, there's yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Helicopter helicopters. The one guy goes off to war. We should probably get on to the discussion of this week's song, though. <laughs> so if you have never heard this week's song, we are going to be discussing Maybe You're Right, off from the album Bare Naked Ladies Are Me. And this, if you have never heard it before, here is a quick snippet. Whatever right. snippet you play will not do the song justice. You, there's, you, you can't. You can't. This, is, this song. This song is like its own orchestral piece. You cannot just take a snippet. Well, one of the things I was thinking this week as I listened to this song many, many times, I I went way beyond twenty on this this song, um, and one of the thoughts I had it was. It has a very similar type of setup to Brian Wilson in that we start off very, very quiet and then slowly build mm-hmm. to this very yeah. massive ending. I think it feels this song feels to me like a musical number, too, in a way, um, from the build to the ending and the way that the way the song ends. And we'll talk more about that. But I, I could see this being a musical number the way the start, they structure it. Oh, absolutely. I agree with that. Oof. I didn't mention who had written this song. It's it's credited to Paige Robertson. I have a hard time believing that this is a Paige Robertson combo. I I feel like this is a Paige song. It's a Paige Duffy song. That, I was just going to say that. I was just going to say it sounded more Paige Duffy. And when I pulled out my vinyl recording and opened it up and just checked and double checked, mm-hmm. I couldn't. I was a little surprised it didn't say Paige Duffy. Yeah. A little surprised. Mm. Well, if I if I remember correctly, Duffy was not writing with them at this point. Correct? I didn't right. think no, so, but you never so, yeah. know. It it just has that feel to it to me. Maybe it was an old song that they revived. <laughs> he went. He was cheating back on the background, just calling them up and say and making calls right. and saying, "I I can't credit you. You're <clears> able <throat> to be with them." Right. I mean, there's there's bits of Ed, but very few bits of Ed. In fact, yeah, there's yeah. a later B section that's repeated that is mm-hmm. is very just Ed in on the, the right, echo. In the perfect way. And it's just perfect. <laughs> You're right. It's just perfect. One of the things that makes me think that this is very page, not just because of the, the sound of it, but so BNL has not played this once since Paige has left the band. Really? No, but Steven's done it a few times. Steven's done it 12 times on Live From Home Alone. Oh, wow. Like, that, I think that speaks a lot to how much he finds the songs important to him. Not just that, but he probably has the rights to the song if he's a songwriter. No, they both should. It's a Robertson Page song, so they probably share the rights. I would think, yeah. They they share the rights, but I, I... 
I just think that this is important to Steve versus Ed. Well, just based on what you told us now, yeah, I would say. I mean, if they haven't, I mean, they've, B&L plays a lot of the old stuff in their, in their shows now. So if they're not playing this, there's something going on there. That's weird. Although it's interesting, Heidi, you found a clip that I had not found this week. So would you like to introduce what that clip was? That yeah, you found? I found a live clip from a December show. I think it was 08. Um, and the it was obviously a bootleg video that somebody took because you never get Jim in the frame. But you do see Tiny in right behind Tyler. <laughs> and I, I swear to God, there's orchestra bells in there, but it's not on the it's not um, in the liner notes. So. No. But you can, I swear you can hear it. I swear. I I mean, it, uh, like it's Kevin's credited with the Ebo guitar, um, but that's not that. And I, and that's no. why I'm like, I kept watching to see Tiny. And are you playing orchestra bill? Like, what are you doing back there? But I couldn't see because it was too dark. But yeah. it, and He's doing Steven though, is so thin. He is so oh. thin in this. And somebody, it's funny because in the comments of it, somebody said, you know, this this looks like it was towards the end of Steven. He looks, he just looks like he's done. And I, yeah. you know, it was very interesting. He looks very much like he did on that last Ships and Dips tour. So it must have been just before that last Ships and Dips. I, I want to say it's 2008. Yeah. yeah, it was it was a great find, though. I was really, really stoked to see it. Mill actually found us a clip as well. And I think I shared it with everyone. Um, but Mill found the clip of Brothers Cregan playing it on a ship's Which blows my mind. That, of all things, blows my mind that the Cregan brothers Andy, played it. Andy and, and Ed was in the back. Did you see <laughs> And Ed's yeah. not doing anything. Like, no, he's he not was even just, playing the He's just no, sitting he was, there at the yeah, so And Andy's normal. at the keys. But yeah, it's interesting to to see them play like Brothers Cregan playing this song when there there's no credit on it. I guess maybe Jim or Andy just really likes the song. I don't blame them. How could you not? I was gonna say, how could you not love this song? <laughs> how could you not? Right. <laughs> oh. Totally agree. Well, and Jim did all the string arrangements, so maybe he's mm -hmm. kind of partial yeah. to. That's true. To that. Jim did all the string arrangements, and then Jim and Steve together did all the horn arrangements that are at the end of the song. Which, which... don't even get me started. The, the <laughs> whole oh my ending. gosh! The whole ending. <laughs> yeah, it's like um, a mini symphony. It's just yes, so <laughs> that's, that's actually what I wrote. <laughs> a little mini ska symphony. Yeah. I always say there's those songs that have the endings. Um, especially repeated chorus songs can get really boring at times. Like I, I don't, I don't want to bash on the the grades, but like, hey Jude, after a while you're done hearing na like so. So repeated choruses or, or parts can get boring. This song has a repeated chorus that goes on, I believe, four times. There's four loops on it. Mm -hmm. um, it fades out to. Um, you know, you go to the horns, then the music swells back, it goes boom, and next thing you know, you've got this lush orchestral yeah. thing going on. Um, I say, like, like uh, God Only Knows by the Beach Boys has that looping ending yeah. that never gets dude, never gets boring. I love it. This song is one of those. Like, the whole ending, I could just listen to it all day. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that that ending makes this song yes, yeah. take to that next level, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the, the song and the way it's structured is so amazing with that slow, quiet beginning. And it really gives it that feel of almost like a confessional 
Mm-hmm. Like he he's having this conversation one on one with you, but then it just builds yeah. it throughout yeah. the song. That's a really good point because Kevin starts off on synth, and I was trying to s- figure out what setting he was using with the opening chords. The da 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 like. It was often talked about. And it's a very simple one, five, six, four progression. Hey, and we don't he- need Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Aaron. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> love you, Aaron. But, and, but I couldn't figure out what setting that was because it what it wasn't quite organ, but it was just like it was very churchy, confessionally. Yeah. And then you don't get any of Ed until he brings in that slight acoustic that thing acoustic, towards the right. end, right? Mm-hmm. And then it just. It, it takes you to another place and then it builds. <laughs> they bring in the, the drums in the A section. Like it just keeps building. Um, and that's what's. And let's talk about how brilliant it is. It's definitely a song that leads you some, somewhere, you know? Yes. Um, yeah. And that's what's awesome. It builds to a crescendo. And then it smacks you with those horns at the end coming out of nowhere. And you're just like, what is happening? Like. <laughs> And that's why I like the original version, I think, the most, because yes. them mm-hmm. singing it is great. No, it doesn't have anything on those horns. Absolutely I mean, no. I mean, obviously, they can't do that live because no. they don't have right. the they don't have the strings and the, the horns with them and they don't have the odds. One of the great things I love about Stephen like touring when he has the odds is like you get that with the background. Um, but we don't they can't do that live with B&L. So. They, they, I think what they do with it, with them doing the scatting isn't quite right, but them doing the horn arrangement with different people taking different parts is a really cool idea. Um, so that way they, you don't lose that. Um, but it's it's not quite the same. That's true. One thing I love about the song is there's not a wasted note. There's not a wasted part. It's structured absolutely perfectly the way it should be. The build goes, like you mentioned the acoustic guitar that Ed comes in with. When that comes in to me is one of the biggest surprises of the song. Like it just sneaks in there and it's just gorgeous and then just slowly does the uh, arpeggio chords and, and keeps going. And then, you know, uh, after the chorus, it goes right where you think it's going to. Suddenly, the percussions kick in. The percussion kicks in and everything, but there's not a, like a wasted section. Every time you think you know where they're going with this song, you don't know where they're going with this song. <laughs> and, like the second time you hear the B section, and it's just slightly heavier than the first yeah, time. You yes, hear it. and Even then that change. and then in when you're right before they blow it out the box, where Ed just takes over on just the shall I take back all my attacks? Like it's such just a him. good moment like and that. Like, I cannot believe they made that choice, but it's so good. <laughs> Form wise, this is the one of the most interesting BNL songs. I think because it doesn't follow your traditional form. Right. It doesn't do an A B A B C. Like it doesn't. It it's like A A B A A B then a B 
two kind of, mm. and then you go into the bridge section, which is one of the great, like that was in my head a few weeks ago. And that's why I, then I was scrambling like, oh my gosh, I'd like, have they done this song yet? Because that there was a time and he shifts into this, the one minor three, like it's this whole amazing mm-hmm. shift in progression. Oh, it is. That was a time when a crime was a crime. Now I think I'm losing my mind or taking it all. And it, it, the four, it, like, it just, it, it crushes all of the normal parameters that they use. So that's Absolutely. my music education dorkiness <laughs> coming in. <laughs> well, that's we what I do. The, <laughs> <laughs> we get that wonderful, almost operatic singing from Steve on that bridge, which yes. is just gorgeous. <laughs> well, in the contrast, I, one of my notes here was Steve's vocals on this song are some of Steve's best vocals. Okay. I can see why he wants to sing this. Because it is a fun song, and his vocals, like on the low parts at the beginning of the chorus, um, hits like the, shall I take back? He just hits those low parts, but then when he gets to the bridge with, there was a time, like he just is soaring on him, and uh, when he when he hits taking it all too hard and does that mm-hmm. repeat, it's goosebumps every time. <laughs> well, he starts this, this is not capoed, this is in C major, which is mm-hmm. unusual, like he usually yeah. does it, G or capos up to, what, two or four? sometimes five. Um, and th- so it starts off lower and, but it gives him that, that opportunity for range later. Yeah, right. Speaking of the taking it all too hard. The very first time I heard that, all I could hear was Genesis and Phil Collins. <laughs> yeah, and I was I like, that, yeah. <laughs> did that line come to them from there? Because, and then I couldn't, uh, like I started meshing Phil Collins with that line because that was a great favorite uh-huh. song of mine from the early Genesis years. I also do that a lot in this one. There's lots of moments in this song where I hear something else and it works for me too. I love that. When the opening note hits, I think hallelujah. I'm not sure why. Um, But then kind of the way it hits, I'm thinking of um, um, Light and Day by uh, Polyphonic Spree. I was hearing that with the keyboard riff. Um, And we were talking about this last night. Tracy and I were talking about this. When I used to work in a grocery store back in the, um, oh my gosh, 90s, Um, (laughs) uh, early 90s, there was a song that would play, and it might have been by an indie artist, and uh, I cannot find it. But now there's a lot of songs that played back then that I've later found out were indie artists that I love, like Matt Nathanson and people like that. There was a song that actually had the same four melody part. It, 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 I think the, the words were, all these little fantasies we have. And I'm pretty sure that's, and I cannot find it, but oh, there's all these little moments in this song that I'm hearing other parts, and I love that. And I couldn't find it today either. I, I searched and searched. Cannot find, I'm sure those are the right words. And I'm, I don't know. Maybe it was an ad. Maybe that's why. It wasn't, it wasn't an ad. <laughs> yeah. It's just a unique song. Very unique song. Usually a lot of, uh, like the title of the song makes an appearance uh, throughout the song as kind of a focal point. Um, but mm-hmm. in this song, it's hard to find any of that. I, I was trying to listen for Maybe You're Right. And I couldn't. I couldn't find it. But uh, where they, I have a hard time hearing songs anyway. Where they put it is brilliant. Yeah. Right. There, you don't have there, the title of the song until the yeah. last yeah. words of and the And then you have the punchline. Yes. <laughs> yes. The punch, which you only hear once. Like, <laughs> I thought it was so unique, but it was. it also makes the song. It's like, it's not like they're 
revolving the song around uh, that particular phrase. It's like it's the, mm-hmm. everything that leads up to it. I could definitely see this song being in a movie, like a, a rom-com or something of that nature. It's got that feeling to it, like it could easily, easily fit in. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, like, I, I really enjoy Ed and Stephen layering themselves on that end, where you they're not singing the same thing. It's not a... a around but it's almost sung like a lot around because the way they're layering their their a and their b sections together and it just makes it so complex it's kind of like intriguing the thought bubble inside your head while you're saying something like you're saying shall i take back everything i said and inside you're like all those attacks all of my accusations like all of that stuff that's filtering out and this is like it's an ally mcbeal moment for a minute where (laughs) I am aging and myself again. <laughs> am I right that there's a third vocal on that when Steve and Ed do the exchange things? I hear like a third vocal over top. Kevin. Is Kevin. that Kevin? Like, you come, yeah. okay. You I can so, see yeah. that in the video I found of the 08 Christmas video, and you can mm-hmm. see Kevin okay. singing. And yeah. I was like, yay, yeah. that, uh-huh. I was right. No wonder I liked it so much. <laughs> Kevin. I love Kevin. <laughs> yeah, you got, you got Ed taking the low, and then Kevin's taking the high. Yeah, on. yeah. That's just awesome. There's like a, I'm not very instrumental or musical inclined at all, so like I'll say some weird stuff and people are like, yeah, that's a that's a guitar, and uh, I'll be like, oh really? That's pretty interesting. Uh, that's cool. And that's why uh, Heidi, those guitar handles are like making it look like you have horns in the back of your head. It's pretty funny. <laughs> well, maybe I do. <laughs> well, you might. There's like a dinging. Uh, that comes into the song and I think it's like a triangle but it's like that's what I was trying to figure out Stefan is I thought it was orchestra bells because it's pitched yeah there seemed to be I thought it might be might be a celesta but like perfect but then I thought orchestra bells but it's so subtle and then it's like it's just it's not in the liner notes it's not not. there so it's got to be it it's got to be under the percussion guys so i'm thinking it could be i'm thinking i want to say orchestra bells with little tiny brass mallets but i don't know what it is but i mean there's like uh when you're tasting a wine there's like different levels and this is a great wine and then you hit (laughs) little things like ooh. Ooh, was that a little bit of pepper or was mm-hmm. that, you yeah. know, something, you know, a little cherry or, or whatever. Uh, it, has an, it has an earthy blend. Exactly. And Tyler knows when to add those little things in there like yeah. that. And you're right. It must have been, it must be labeled under percussion because it's not in the liner notes at all. And I think this is some of Tyler's best work too. Like yeah. Yeah. where he transitions into that, like he just, there's something so great about Tyler's subtlety in this piece and then allowing himself to just let it go. So it, mm. he really matches the piece so well. Um, but there's, you're right. There's a bouquet to yeah. this, like the wine bouquet yeah. of there. So many little pieces that just, just layered, take you somewhere else. Layered yeah. in there that you just, uh, a lasagna. Yeah. I mean, sometimes, <laughs> you know, you take, uh, a, a, a garage band who's just starting off and doing stuff. And you can you can hear that they're trying to experiment with different instrumentals and trying to lay things in and hey let's add this, but this this song is um, 
This is a, a next level song. I think this is kind of a, a professional. It's like a, uh, it's right there. It's great. I, I want to. I would like to go over real quick from the liner notes, like how many instruments are actually in this song. It all is. of them. Well, all of them. And Rob <laughs> Carley plays all the sax tracks. Um, yes. So all four of them, three of them, three plays alto, tenor, and Barry, I think. Um, and then you've got the boat. Like Terry Permain is amazing, and Kevin Torcott is amazing. Um, so you've got like the best, the best, the best in there. I'm glad they didn't. Like they only used the the horns on Bull in a China Shop on this album too, so they don't mm -hmm. overwhelm the album with it. But you couldn't have picked a better song to put this section in. Like I, Steve and Jim were brilliant with, like just brilliant. Well, and the amount of strings that Jim alone brings into this. I mean, so we have you. You mentioned Carly and Pro and Terry and uh, Kevin for the for the uh, brass. We have Capella Sherwood that's doing the violin and viola, but then the rest of it is taken up by Jim. Jim. He's doing electric bass. He's doing the double bass playing at Arco, and he's playing the cello, and it's beautiful. It is beautiful. And then Kevin's playing the Ebo guitar. Now, can you? Can, I was going to ask Aaron this, but he's not here. Can you tell us a little bit about the Ebo so the, guitar? The Ebo guitar is interesting because it's not really a guitar. It's something you use on a guitar so it's kind of like it looks kind of like a slide but it allow like so it's very interesting i think of it like an elbow <laughs> like it looks like a little tiny elbow and it's but it's a bigger thing it's not like a round tubal slide but I'm like showing like anybody could ever see this yeah <laughs> like, like it looks like this um, all you listeners hey, it out looks there just like this everybody <laughs> Can you see I that? mean, the yeah. way that they described um, it, but it's very interesting. So you're using it on a guitar, and it it almost it almost sounds like a slide. I watched a bunch of videos today to to see how many different variations of that could be used. So it's because it, it, I, I thought at first I'm like, what is he doing in the opener? Nope, that's just that's synth. so it. I don't know where he's using it later, but it's very slidey. Put it that way. <laughs> Adds almost like a synthy slidey sound to a to a guitar. Mm, sliders. Yeah, the way they described it on the way they described it on on Wikipedia is that it makes it sort of like playing a bow on the strings, sort of like what like uh, Jim is doing yeah. with the the Arco on double bass, but with a guitar. And it's only about this big, so it's not like a traditional bow. It's not like a, you know, a, a traditional string bow, like a viola or cello or any bow. Um, but it's it more looks kind of like this, and it yeah. like you play it like sliding up and down this way. So it does kind of mimic that ability of bowing your strings, I guess, but in a vertical way instead of horizontal. I got to do It's just math. interesting. They're like, they're like this is where we have to... <laughs> <laughs> like the fact that they oh come up God. with all these things that they have to add into <laughs> the the song and I love that Kevin's always like this isn't going to be right but if I do this with this piece then this will make it the sound that I really mm -hmm. want and that's like, the brilliance of Kevin yeah. yeah he's a virtuoso he really is I, I think this song was definitely um fine-tuned uh, you know it wasn't it wasn't rough around the edges it wasn't anything it was uh, like a final product um of a song. I don't know if it just accidentally happened that way, but uh, it um, is definitely 
blended amazingly. It really is. Yeah, the production oh, is, yeah. is amazing on this. Yeah. yeah. When I was in high school and in college, one of my favorite bands was My My Boston's. And, oh, and, yeah, yeah. I wrote that right here. Oh, did you? I wrote Boston because <laughs> oh, no they were one of my favorites too. I was in college in the early nineties. Wow, um, you are ninety. Holy smokes, early nineties. <laughs> I feel so Gosh. old. I can't Gosh. believe that. Ninety-two to ninety-six, um, and the Boston <laughs> were totally my jam back. <laughs> Absolutely, they were great. And then, love them. Oh. Them. I'm 45. I'm right there with you. I was right there during <laughs> high school, college. Yeah, was... <laughs> we're all young. <laughs> I like teasing though. Oh my lanta! Can Heidi just be a regular guest? <laughs> I'm going can off dra- the grid next can week, I but then I'm the back. elephant in the room here. Can we just? <laughs> You're letting me in your club. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we haven't even touched on what this song's about. Oh dear We've been God! Talking all this time, we haven't <laughs> oh, discussed what the song is. What? What? I heard the that Stephanie has a treatise. Yeah, on it. yeah. I, I <laughs> Stephanie, you want to pull that out? I, I yeah, did. Whip, whip that, that whip stack that out, of papers. Yeah, papers. Your dissertation on. I think the his dissertation was more on the music of this song. Meaning? Was, oh, okay. Yeah, I, I didn't have nothing. Well, I took care of that. Because, so. I mean. Although I am interested to hear what Stefan thinks this song I is. I would about. laugh so hard if he pulled up like a, a napkin with some writing on it. Uh, <laughs> so here's post what it. I jotted. Hold on. A post it note. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> For those who are at home, no, I'm just kidding. The viewing audience cannot see that Stefan has pulled out a napkin. Uh, I, By the way, he's now wiping his face. A, he does have a post-it note on the back of the napkin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. By the way, people at home listening, do not make a drinking game every time we reference a food or drink tonight. Mm. No, because we've now called this song a lasagna. We've talked about sliders and we've talked about <laughs> wine. So. <laughs> Do not. I, I just recommend do not make that a drinking game. I don't tonight's, think you're going to make it. Tonight's podcast is brought to you by, <laughs> by an Italian eatery. <laughs> Pick the closest one near you. They will send us the money later. Try the pasta fuzzles. Tip your waiters. Jimbo's Italian restaurant. Oh, jeez. Jimbo's. Personally, I like the Vinci's. But right on the harbor. <laughs> Uh, apparently, Miley Cyrus has a song called "Maybe You're Right" as well. Yes. Yes. Unfortunately, and Billy Joel has "You May Be Right." I'm, I'm trying to. Read I may right. be crazy. You may be crazy, <laughs> or maybe not. Heidi, what do you think this song is about? Since you're our oh, guest, thank God. <laughs> Reading the lyrics so, now, guys. Sorry, I didn't get to it. I, I, oh, I know. I'm trying to give you space to, ver- to do it. The variety of takes I've read on this, because I had my own thoughts, like a lot of people think it's about like relationship. One person even brought up like sexual assault, which Mm -hmm. was very, very dark. I saw that. And I could. Yeah. Did you see that? And I I can see that now. Like I never would have said that before. I think it does play into a lot of Steve's lyrics in that he he he's still kind of (laughs) like he's a. Everything is about him in so many ways, and so many of his like. And I, God, I don't get me wrong. I, I I love Steve. I love his lyrics. I I love this song. But it is kind of like, oh, you know, 
fine. Like, I'll just take back everything I said. And then inside his head, it's, it seems like a relationship conversation that he's having. Mm. Um, but that's kind of where I'm taking it. And but he might not always that, be painting himself in a good light, which I like. Like, Stephen no. will often paint himself as the negative character in the story. Which, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, he does. He does. Like, I like in the car, he, yeah. he paints himself like mm-hmm. that a lot. And mm. and even conventioneers, he, he paints himself yeah. like that. So, break your heart in a way. Break your heart. Is there a Stephen song that he doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> Last <laughs> week's song. Right. Maybe Katie, he seems to be the good guy. He loves maybe He does Katie. seem to be the good guy. And maybe Katie, yeah. It does. I love that. Which is why it doesn't feel right. What is off about this song? (laughs) But when he goes into the crime is a crime thing. When a crime is a crime, and I think I'm losing my mind or taking it all too hard, taking it all too hard. Like I it's that's where I go a little off. And I I'm like it's definitely got relationship vibes. Where Stefan, where were you going? I mean, with I it? could see the abusive relationship or the mm. rape one that yes. the person was bringing up before. Like that would fit that bridge very well. And some have brought in like it's political. I don't think it's it's a, po- a politics driven. Even though they've they've got some songs like that. Some have brought up you know Bush policies in Iraq. I'm like mm-hmm. they're Canadian. I don't I don't think that they were too down hel- with that. Helicopters did though. But helicopters did. You're right. Well, so, and and so did one that's on the next album but written at the same time fun and games right yeah yeah which was very very political about the whole iraq war thing but i often think you know like even in the opening it was often talked about it was often raised but nothing was ever done about it you know this relationship isn't working out so well it's time to have the talk uh but let's talk about it tomorrow let's you know we'll just keep putting that on the back burner because there's other stuff to do um to hear the the way they talked about it like nothing could be saved like maybe your friends are like dude you're this relationship is over you need to cut the rope get the net it's very wayne's world <laughs> um get the net it's over um but game on, on but i <laughs> we're going off the rails friends we're going off the rails but, uh, welcome so, welcome to the bare naked abcs <laughs> but that's kind of where i thought me so maybe it's about that maybe it's very relationship driven and crime could be a variety of things you know that could mean a real crime or a, a relationship crime or you know i don't know stefan i gotta hear what you think well well you know when i first read it um I, it, it could go anywhere. Um, but yes, uh, I, you know, there's crimes of the heart. There's crimes of, um, mm-hmm. you know, crimes of passion. There's crimes of, uh, you know, oh, that's a bloody crime. You know, that's, you know, just saying, you know, uh, when someone is wronged, uh, somebody could say that's a crime. Yeah. Kind of not necessarily. <laughs> it is literally a crime, but it's metaphorical. And, um, um, at, you know, I was trying to dig into this and try to find out um, whether or not I got relationship vibes or, or not. It could be taken a number of different ways. I did kind of waver towards more of the political um, because no one could be saved. A crime is a crime. and um, But I think what it is, is um, what I got from it is more like, uh, how do I word this? Basically, I, I suppose COVID is a great example to using that is like when uh, when regulations are put into place that regulate or kind of um, 
uh, modify a person's behavior or limits their freedom to do whatever um, is like, you know, should I take back my, my verbal attacks towards that? You know, just kind of getting that person a second guess whether or not they're at fault or not. And it kind of plays this kind of mental Jekyll and Hyde, which you don't know which side to, to go on. It's like, um, you know, should I should I live my life in silence because everybody else is doing this? Um, should I, you know, should I take back what I've said about this thing? Should I just go with the whole thing? Uh, I, I don't know. So could it also could it maybe be like I, I'm also getting like sexual harassment vibes here. Yeah. Like, you know, where you know, there was always the, you know, I'm I've I grew up, I was a brass player in high school. I ate, I played euphonium. There were eight guys, 12 trombones. They were all almost all guys. Um, I was a brass player in college. Like I'm a band director for crime and he's sake. That's it's it's usually a very male dominated world. So, but I was always one of the guys. And thinking about, you know, the 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 laughing, the giggling, the side jokes, the that would some people might be offended by. And then after, I mean, this was way pre Me Too movement, but still thinking about, you know, gosh, you know, like we we often talked about maybe I shouldn't say this, yeah. but it was kind of ignored for a while. A little too far. And you know, nothing, nothing was ever done about it. So, but should I take back what I said? Because I never meant it. I didn't mean to hurt mm-hmm. anybody by it, but I, you know said some stuff i did some stuff nobody really said anything because it was okay like i don't know i'm i'm starting to get a few of those vibes mm. yeah i could see that it was oversimplified it was underthought that's such a great line yeah. <laughs> it was mm-hmm. oversimplified underthought like i don't know it's things being taken the wrong way take mm. taken out of context we're seeing that now in new york like uh, not of out life. of context but there's like a lot going on there and that's what he's saying mm-hmm. because he hasn't really swallowed the truth yet yeah. <laughs> um i was sorry. always pre- pretty notorious for saying the wrong things at the wrong times and like not but really there was a time when a crime was a crime like yeah i don't know like yeah so what well, i i think an that idea. it's kind of I like the fact that Steve is as vague as he is, but at the same time, specific and hard hitting with what he's trying to say. But because he's being vague, it it can open itself up to a number of different topics that this fits into. And it's almost a discussion piece about how we as a as a human species converse with each other, you know, about we, we put our thoughts out there. No idea what that's like every week, um, and, and and then like whether or not other people disagree with us on it, and then do we take that back or do we stick to that or do we open ourselves up and think about it and and flip our mindset? You um, summed up all my Twitter Twitter. You just used in a nutshell. take that's... it back and flip in a sentence. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> well, I I wanted to actually bring that. It is extremely intriguing to me that this, I want to know what your thoughts are, you guys, on the fact that this song is followed up by Take It Back on this album. To me, I I don't like the fact that they follow that up because that blends those two songs together for me and it makes it really hard for me to remember this one because Take It Back then sticks in my mind more. And that's an Ed song too. So that's like Ed sings that. So it's... That's interesting. I never thought about that before. And I love no, Take I it could, Back. I could see this more being the ending song I've of the album. I've never heard honestly. Take It Back. 
You will. Oh, in, in, about, in, about, in about seven years. M N O. Yeah, it's gonna be a while. It's gonna be a while. Yeah. I'll get there. You got a few years. <laughs> as long as they don't keep putting albums out, we got a few years. Je- on that one. I, Jeff, you just said, or was it you that said this should be the last song on the album? I agree. Yeah. Like this I, should have been the swan song. Like boo. Yeah. With the with the build at the end, um, and the way the way the way that it ends, and this feels like a closing number. This feels oh, like the end. This definitely. feels like the musical number where the person steps out on stage and lights on them, spotlights on them, and they're like, "It was often talked." This should now, be the you encore, know. you know. After yeah, right. And then builds and builds and builds, and then light the stage lights up, and all the instruments are playing, and all the vocals are. Yeah. This feels like the closing number to me. Okay, so here's my question for you: Because of the way this song starts, Jeff, what what would you put before this? Another song. <laughs> <laughs> I might put "Take It Back" before this one, actually. Or uh, no, I was gonna say uh, "China Shop," but no, actually, that doesn't work because you don't want to put your you don't want to put your two horn songs together. If you're together, in an argument so. with somebody, um, you're like, uh, "I don't like what you just said. Take it back." And then, as you're processing the information, you're like, "Maybe you're right." But I don't think so. It's almost like the door slam. Like, yeah. uh, maybe you're right, but I don't think so. Boom. Yeah. You know. Um. Yeah. And as far as like what we t- we talked about, what the song is about. I mean, my my interpretation based on all my my thoughts on all the interpretations on this song. What I think it's about is yes, yes. That's what it's about. Right. <laughs> the band, yeah. I think I do think there's probably a very legit specific reason why this song was written, but. It's done in such a brilliant, uh, obscure way, of a vague way, that if you look at song meanings like we've done, because I, I tend to listen to a song multiple times and formulate my own opinion what I think it's about. I'm a big lyrics person. I'm a big meanings person. So I want to I want to formulate my own. But I also do like to go see what other people are saying. Um, so in song meanings, they do address the the possibility of it being a song about rape or sexual abuse. Uh, a relationship song, the political song. I can see any one of those being a possibility, honestly. And the fact that everyone's listening to this song and going, this is what it's about, this is what I take from it, is the brilliance of the song, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, it, and I think it's so brilliantly music, it's musically crafted so well <laughs> that you're like, there's just such a magical combination of the lyrics yeah. can mean whatever you want and the music speaks a whole other level yeah. of the story. So absolutely yeah. with the musical painting they do. I mean, I always interpreted it because, um, you know, we've talked a lot about, there are a lot of great songs out there about dark or, or um, sad subjects that are done in a fun, upbeat way and they do them well. So you can do that. But this song, I think to me is about something dark. It's about something uh, somber and significant. Yeah. I think because just the way the opening uh, uh, word the, the musical painting is feels like because Steve ta- likes tackling his dark subjects and his and and he, he likes going there, <laughs> so I do feel like something happened or some vent or something. That's how I always heard it. I don't know what per se, uh, and all the so all the ones that have, have been mentioned are, are likely, but you know it was often talked about. It, like I, I hear in my mind like the community where something happened and, and we talked about it. It was often raised. But nothing was ever done about it. Why didn't we stop it? You know, like that. I, for some reason, I hear that in my head. Why didn't we stop it? You know, um, no one could be saved, but nothing was ever done. Uh, they simplified it. Whether we were fed these lies, and um, it sounds like someone trying to justify why didn't we do something about this at the time when we knew it was like happening. Vietnam or something. Um, like, 
Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, so it could be political or could bullying political, or something. Right. right. Yeah. Or, or any, any of those or subjects, domestic abuse or domestic yeah, abuse anything, where right. you knew yeah. it was happening, but you didn't do anything about yeah. it. And you could have, you know. Right. So I, or I do some feel kind like, of like some kind of um, oh, what's the word when somebody does something bad? And well, there's lots of words for that. Spanking <laughs> <laughs> time. Do you want a list or? <laughs> um, uh, uh, no, a scandal. Like there's some kind of scandal yeah, in like your town, and, but yeah. nobody. Ooh, it's all hush hush, and you know, right? Pick they a little talk, talk it, a little, pick don't... a little talk a little, mm-hmm. but nobody. I threw, I, in a, I threw in a music man reference. <laughs> <laughs> for those at home, for those at home, Heidi just mic dropped. <laughs> well, nobody does dark more joyously than bare naked ladies. <laughs> but I do. I, I, we mentioned the idea that it could be political. I have, I, I've always taken this as a political song, just because of where Steve was. Oh, Tracy's here. Yeah, I know. Thanks, but um, <laughs> because of where Steve was, and, and, and to some extent, I had two takes on the song. One was the political aspect of the, like, this is Steve's version of fun and games of like, I'm going to make a statement about the Iraq war um, that had happened just recently. Um, and, and it fits. If you, you put the words in there, it fits in with the it other does, stuff yeah. that they had said about in fun and games. But I get that. That's the feel of more of an Ed type song. Yeah. Um, and this is but- Steve's take on that. Mm-hmm. For the Bush administration viewpoint, you know, regardless of what right. side you are on right. or we're on, it was but everything was fortified. All the lies we bought, you know, right. the reasons we were told for going in there. And, you know, I could see there's mm-hmm. definitely lines in here that, that back that up. But the other side that I always had on this was that it was Steve was extremely politically vocal on the previous two albums to this. Yeah. And he was getting lambasted online on, on the fans mm-hmm. website. For being political. That's a really good point. Right. And I almost feel like this is him coming back and saying, I am who I am. And you're picking on me for for doing that. Should I just be silent and keep this all in my head? Right. And And maybe you're right, but I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) Like the Dixie Chicks shut up and sing. Which is what he said at at his live concert when he was when he was here in Portland and, and he was saying like, he wasn't even saying like, you guys need to vote this way. He was saying Susan Collins is a key vote on this, on this subject. Whatever your thoughts are, reach out to her and make sure that you let her know what you think should be done. And a person in the audience stood up and said, Oh, don't even go there. At which point Steven literally stopped the concert and said, um, no, I'm, going to go there my my this is a concert about me you came to see me and my thoughts Mm -hmm. and so yeah you're going to hear my thoughts on this stuff and if you can't take that you can take a step out (laughs) that's actually always been one of my i I just saw someone do it tonight about a podcaster that i love or a youtube channel i hate it when a you when a singer or someone with a platform that is still a citizen of whatever country they belong to uh, whether they're an american singer a british singer a canadian singer if they voice their opinion about a subject, there's always that one person or many people that go, I didn't come here to listen to your opinion. And I always want to say, but some of us did. <laughs> because if I respect you for your art, then I also want to know what you think about things. Because it, it sometimes is nice to know that that person that you love for this thing might also align with your views on this thing. Um, but uh, Which, 
That that actually that's goes what art with, is, you know, whether it's writing or not, you know. So, but we're so quick, like stun. I don't mean some people are so quick to slam anything who anybody who's any kind of celebrity. Anytime they speak out, and I always want to say they have just as much right as you do to speak out about something that affects them. They live in the same country you do, and uh, so I can see them getting. I can see Steve getting a little irked and saying, "No, I'm going to talk about this." Yeah. And, and Ed has backed that up with saying in an interview, I wish I could find the exact spot on the interview. I, I kind of pasted all this stuff two years ago, three years ago when I started the podcast and didn't do my references like I should have. Um, but had said that there were a number of songs on this double album that were very much a explicit condemnation of the war on terror was his words. Um, and he said, funding games, obviously, but maybe you're right. Take it back and rule the world with love were definitely condemnations huh. of, of the war on terror. Oh, that makes sense. That being said, also, there's a person on song meetings um, living at 45 North. I'm guessing they couldn't put in the H there, 45 North. Um, said that they saw BNL in Vancouver. Um, they were part of the Olympic Organizing Committee, and they asked them about the, some of their songs, and they said that this song is a pro-life song or written to people that support abortion. Going back to your thought, Jeff, like I I go and I listen to to Steven and I listen to his views. That idea doesn't quite match with what I know about Steven's views politically <laughs> and, and on a number of different subjects. So I have a hard time believing that. Um, I, I, I would like to know who like 45 at uh, living at 45 North. If you heard this from somewhere, please write into us. I would like to know like yes. who in the band said me um, or where you heard that because I, it just doesn't jive well for me with what I know about Steven. Right. Like, it doesn't right. match with his political views on a number of other things. I'm not saying it's not possible. Just it, it doesn't seem to match up the same way. And in uh, general, hold I mean, on. I let me call up Steve right now. <laughs> Next time mouse. we have Steve, come on. Yeah, if you don't tease like that, are you? <laughs> hey, Steve, I have a question. Put on speaker. He's he's in the other room watching Buck, Buck Rogers with my husband. So there you go. <laughs> he's busy. <laughs> I think I'd like to go back to Jeff, what Jeff said and said, yes. <laughs> I think it just means everything. Yeah. And I, I, I think that's the good beauty song of the song. That. A good song does that, I think. A good song is vague enough that the, the singer still got their message or the, the songwriter right. got their message crossed. But you as the audience, whether, you know, you took your own meaning from it. And Except it meant like, something to you. Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald or something. I mean, there's... <laughs> I mean, that one's pretty straightforward at what that's about, but I think most now songs... Now that one, I think, is about relationships. <laughs> it really is. I always thought it was metaphorical, but that's... Well, it's funny, because I compared the song to Brian Wilson, which is very specific. This song is very vague, but it, because it is the poetry that Steve uses in this song, the oxymorons that he uses throughout this song to bring up the feelings of, and, and to express the feelings that are kind of going on underneath. He is specific enough about the emotions that he doesn't have to be specific about the topic that it is about. Yeah. 
It could also be him wrestling with things too. Like now I think I'm losing my mind or taking it all too hard. Like maybe I'm, I'm now starting to wonder what my stance is. I'm now starting to wonder how I actually feel about this, you know, whatever it is. So I think it's, he starts to wrestle with it in, in the perfect place where he just belts it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think, yeah, that t- he leans on the taking it all too hard th- what three times in that, mm-hmm. in that bridge. So but I don't think so. <laughs> but you're right. But but, but uh, now that I think about it, now nah, fine. I'm gonna go to bed. It's like what is a lie? Uh, the best lies are elements of truth. It really plays a lot of mind games with you. It's like what is the truth and what is right and what is wrong, and you try to go based off of your your intellect, your intellect and your gut, and um, but. But it's it's worded in such a way that it's just it's not quite hundred percent, and um, it can really throw you for a loop, and it can really twist with your mind. I mm. get that. True that. <laughs> <laughs> I love the vagueness of it. I love being able to use your imagination. It's like you know, it's like episodes. Four, five, and six. You have to use your mind. And, oh, and then, dear. Like, then there's other episodes <laughs> that are like one, two, and three, where it's like, this is a, you know, it's like, stop. Stop spelling things out. It's like, let us use our brains and let us, you know, create that world within our own minds. And um, this song. Oh, my gosh. This, so- this song is about stopping. It is. It absolutely. All it was often talked about. It was often. You never told me. Nothing was ever done about. You're welcome. It, oh my ah, gosh. No, this is all about Luke and Leia's relationship because everybody else knew <laughs> they were. Re- I mean, spoiler alert. It was oversimplified. Uh, I, it was underthought. You can't see and that you're making out with your sister. We can all see that you're making out with your sister. What is wrong with you two? Jeez. That's it. I mean, there's there's nothing else. To Vader. Say. It's from it's Vader's all... point of view too. Shall I take back everything I've ever said? Like him, him feeling regret about telling mm. Luke that he's his father. All my attacks. Shall I take back all my attacks? Like I'm sorry, I never should have chopped off that waiter's hand with the lightsaber. Yeah, killing all the so droids. Sorry. My bad. Mm. I was in a bad mood that day. Uh. The, the the wings were undercooked and off with the hand. I I was just trying to please my boss. We never discussed anyone's reservations. <laughs> right. <laughs> Lord Helmet. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> How much more all random right. can this episode? Are we, get? Take, are we taking it all too hard? Taking it all too hard? Taking it all too hard? Look, it was Alderaan. Get over it. I mean, come on. <laughs> Move on. It's just a planet. Deal. All right, we have taken ourselves way off the trade trade network. We're the way off the has trade route. Derailed. Routes. I have gone on the train for the first time in this podcast. Have you thought of that? <laughs> Jeff, what is our rating system for the evening? I had five written down tonight, um, but ultimately, I decided I think we have to go with lasagnas. <laughs> lasagna. So you're saying that this song is layered. And it has layers, like an onion. We're just going to completely scoop by the fact that... Now we're going into Shrek okay. We're just going to overlook the fact that she started singing Weird Al, right? Is that Weird Al? Come on. Uh, come, come on. on. <laughs> Who wouldn't sing Weird Al all the time? 
<laughs> Given. <laughs> Jeff, who is going first? Uh, Heidi, the guest. Oh my and gosh! I usually okay. take the guest first. I'm sorry. Okay, the pressure. The pressure. Hey, Heidi, you've listened to a few episodes now, so I'm guessing you know our ratings. <laughs> oh yeah, I do. I think I need to go. This uh, this is so darn good that I think I'm going to go with 4.8 la 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 lasagnas on this. Um. <laughs> With Parmigiana. With Parmigiana. Some minestrone. She's she's throwing on. Just sprinkled some Parmigiana on top of this reading. Parmigiana. Manja, manja. I think the musical brilliance of this is is so good. It's it's up in the top of mine. So, yeah. I I had to change. Or maybe not. I had to change that. That is our new rating system. It is la 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 lasagna. Did you you put la 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 lasagna? Okay. All right. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here to please. It's my first time. This is my cherry poppin' daddy episode. Oh my god! <laughs> wow, I feel violated. Oh, I hope we were gentle. <laughs> oh, feels like I'm falling for the first time. I've got to stand up. Something hurts. Can you play those three chords until I say ah? Ah. <laughs> Oh my goodness! <laughs> it was it was mutual. <laughs> I won't go there because I already you've already done in the car. <laughs> the sad thing is, I knew right where you were I, going. I, with I, that I knew, I knew, I knew where it was going. Yep. See, you missed me so much, and you didn't even know what you were missing until I got you. <laughs> I didn't know what Heidi could bring to the no, table. We, no, we did not. <laughs> that is that is accurate. I'm like a lasagna. I'm right, that's right. Layers. That's accurate. That's hilarious. It was like, yeah, maybe you're right. But I don't think next, Jeff. Uh, I, I've been I've been waiting for this for a week. Stefan, let's yes. hear it. Let's hear it. Do you want me, Jeff? I do you know I do. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm ready for you. Those are not just empty You're words. I me. do. I want. I want you in the worst way. <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> oh, I mean, uh, uh, yes. Back on the back on the rails here. Yeah, okay. yeah. Everybody, oh, get in line. <laughs> well, everybody, turn and cough. I need to turn off the, the your videos real quick here. Um, I haven't seen. We have a guest, gentlemen. Is that a hot flash or is it Stefan? I haven't seen. <laughs> I haven't seen Stefan in weeks. It's uh, I've had I've had withdrawal. <laughs> Likewise, you know, I, I've been really trying to make it here. Um, <laughs> If you can make it here. I've got to get this up by Monday, gentlemen. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, yes, the amount everybody. of editing. Oh, come on. Like, that's not Pro- usual. Professional faces here. Well, yes. um, as I've been going through with this podcast, uh, I've been listen- listening to a lot of Bare Naked Lady songs. Um, and one of the things that I have found is that um, I don't like most of them. I hate to say it. <laughs> But um, I really don't. And um, uh, I came into this podcast thinking, oh, I can get this album and I can listen to them and I can do this and whatnot. And I found that um, uh, that would be whittled down to maybe one or two albums that I would possibly have an interest in. And um, but this song just knocked my socks off. 
uh, it started off beautiful. It started off solemn. It started off um, with with thought and with feeling, and then it just built. And they like a la 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 lasagna. They added a layer after layer. And sometimes it was subtle. Sometimes it was just oregano. <clears throat> sometimes it was basil. Sometimes it was just a little bit of flavor in there. Sometimes uh, there was a side of sliders and a glass of wine. Exactly. Um, and then it, it brought, came to the instrumental, which just was unbelievable. I loved it. It was amazing. Uh, and having an acoustic version of this is almost, for me, almost an atrocity to the song. Uh, because it's, don't do it. Yeah, it's, it's so rich and full and flavorful. It's just amazing, and the uh, the instrumental at the end was just, you know, awesome. Um, I would never rate the a, a song from what I've heard this high, but I think this is this is a five for me, little little lasagnas, and um, I think everything on it was is perfect. I is is vague, and the lyrics are there, and they're not like drilling. Um, the name of the song into you like mm -hmm. a, a pop song or right. something, you know, uh, it's just, it's just beautiful. It's great, great, well thought out, well put together, well performed song all across the board, nothing goofy, nothing weird. And, um, yeah, they nailed it. What's wrong with being goofy and weird? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Come on. Tracy, I live with you... myself. I get Tracy. enough of it. Tracy, are you crying? I am. <laughs> it was beautiful. It was really beautiful. Now, I was looking down through Stefan's scores when he said that he doesn't, that he hasn't liked a lot of them. Stefan, from looking at your scores, Stephen. you are you are very polared on. Yeah, he on, is. <laughs> you're very polarized yes. on your scores, which isn't wrong. It, there's nothing wrong. Right. You like either really like the song or you really don't <clears throat> like the song. That's true. Um, and and I'm looking and I see a lot of patterns that are kind of popping up with that yeah. and you know that's that's kind of cool that you that you love this song. Stefan yeah. often Stefan will often say he he doesn't come in with the musical background. You know he doesn't play an instrument. He doesn't do you know. But I think that's what I well yeah okay. Uh, so that's I like a musical that. background, but I, that's what I was going to say. I mean, I think I think that's one thing that I really respect and I appreciate about Stefan's opinions is they come from a very natural, organic place. And I love that. Mm -hmm. I love that about his ra rankings. I mean, um, yeah, Stefan, I love you. I, I, <laughs> it's been too long. That's <laughs> what I'm trying to say. Um, all oh, right. Thanks, guys. I'm going to go next and say that I absolutely love this song. And I listened to it a bunch of times again. I rushed it yesterday. I, I rushed through it a few times. I've heard this song, you know, many times before, but I, I kind of rushed through it yesterday. And I was like, yeah, it's a really good song. Um, today, I played it several times in the car when I was just driving and able to kind of appreciate it more and let it sink in. I'm like, you know what? I think this is like the perfect Bare Naked Lady song. <laughs> it, it does everything that you want to see in a Bare Naked Lady song is here. It's got the probably some of Steve's best vocals. You get just the right amount of Ed Steve uh, interplay. Not so much the harms that I love to hear from them. It doesn't need it here uh, so much. I mean, it it works with the uh, the back and forth, the interplay, the structure of this song is 
absolutely brilliant and the the intricacies of it the fact that it never goes where you think it's going to go starts with that very slow minimalist opening um the guitar creeps in just when it needs to creep in um the chorus creeps in the, the percussion comes in just when it needs to um all the little things you hear in the production uh just an instrument over here or an instrument over here um ed coming in with the echo on the third chorus has to be one of the smartest things i have heard in a song it i it just it's something I don't think a lot of bands would have thought of to do that. You're not going back to your chorus. You're going back to the the, the subplot there. Um, <clears throat> one of the best bridges and that ending. Like I said, there's there's just one of those. There's those songs that have endings that I like to say moments that you can listen to all day and not get tired of it. Um, I, 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 I credit that to God Only Knows by the Beach Boys, which I think has one of the greatest endings of all time. This is this is equal. This is up there. I could listen to this ending and the way they build it and they changed it just slightly. Uh, and then Steve finally coming in, like Stefan has said with the chorus at the very end, it creeps in there as the punchline, as the twist of the song, you know, maybe you're right, but I don't think so. Um, I love this song. I think this for me is a perfect BNL song and I'm giving it 5.0. La 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 lasagnas. Wow, that leaves me to last. How uh, panicked are you? Right? How panicked are you right now? <laughs> I think th this is gonna make me the hater. Oh, oh my no! Goodness. Oh my goodness! <clears throat> um, oh no! My, well, I mean, it's hard not to be the hater out of the scores that you guys have already given. Holy cow! Keep in mind, um, I drive by your house every day. Did you day. not think we were going? <laughs> I know you did. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't think we were going this hard on it, because <laughs> <laughs> so. The interesting thing is that what, as I mentioned last week with maybe not, which I love the fact that they named maybe not and yeah. maybe you're right at number nine on both albums. Right. I, I love that idea. They're arguing with each other with <laughs> within the albums as well. Um, but I, these were two songs I had not had on my playlist. Um, for whatever reason, when the first time I listened to Army, it got looked over, it got jumped over, and I'm not sure why. I, probably the space that I was in at my in that time of my life, it just didn't hit me for some reason. Coming back to it this week, though, the same thing as what happened with maybe not. This song really dug its dug into me and found a new hold to the point that it. it not only has made it onto my playlist, it has made on made it onto my island playlist. Like it is way up there. Um, I'm gonna give this a four point seven. That's not a hater rate. How is that a hater rate? Well, <laughs> looking at the scores rate. you guys gave, yeah. I'm gonna I'd give this song. Down. I'm gonna give this song a measly four point seven. Despicable. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm the lowest out of everyone. I I like the BNL with Steve as a lead singer. And uh, I think Ed is a great accompaniment to that uh, that sound, and I think that's what really set BNL apart. Uh, um, I I do want to put in one more person's thoughts. Uh, we also got the opinion opinion from Mill. Um, they were supposed to join us this week, uh, but unfortunately, due to some scheduling difficulties, um, mm -hmm. you know, Mill is on the other side of the ocean, so it, that that does kind of crop up sometimes. Uh, we weren't able to have them come and join us. So here are Mill's thoughts. 
So first of all, thank you very much, Mill, for sending us your thoughts on this. And we're very sorry that you weren't able to join us this week, as had been planned. Um, this is what Mill had to say about this song. This is a super cool Brothers Cregan version from Ships and Dips, sung by Jim, I want to give a shout out to, which is in our liner notes. Jim gives it a slightly different vibe to Steve, and I love this delivery even more than the album version for better fitting with what the song means to me. The main bit. I won't speak on the musical side of this song, as that's not a strength of mine, and it's always been the lyrics that matter more to me. For all, I do adore the music, too. I feel that Maybe You're Right means something a little different Probably more if you're someone who navigates life with one or more minor minority statuses. Hence, the, why I wanted to reach out to Tracy and at least share my thoughts as someone who does more so than who does more so than I believe any of the regulars on the show do, even if I can't be on the show itself. I don't mean to say that those without minority statuses can't experience such things or take this interpretation from the song or to deny that it also fits into many other songs of the BNL era around 9-11 and the culture of celebrities speaking up. But after hearing Steve's solo song, White Noise, highlighting his Jewish status, I think he might be at least partially drawing from that minority experience in this song, too. Because when you're the vulnerable person or group for whatever reason, you, don't, you often don't speak up. Women can be afraid to speak up against a larger, stronger man who gives that air he's predisposed to violence. Racial minorities can be putting themselves at risk by speaking up when they are at when there are plenty of racists who will attack and even murder them. You learn to keep anything potentially inflammatory to yourself, to live your whole life in silence instead, from the fear of what might happen otherwise. Even speaking up on a factual even speaking up on factual matters can be hard enough if someone doesn't react well to their authority being undermined. But this is a song more about opinions or or things you aren't certain on at least, given the very starting word is maybe. When you feel that uncertainty yourself in your opinion, it only gets even harder to speak up. Those in a position of power can state an erroneous opinion without repercussions in many cases. But for those without such power, you put yourself on the line, making yourself vulnerable by doing such a thing. Even when nothing will change, when bad things will end up happening, if you and your actually correct opinion don't speak up. And it was one of the things I struggled with most growing up, as someone who was transgendered at a time when trans kids weren't acknowledged, who was autistic but never diagnosed, or given help for my depression and anxiety. Adults spent, adults spent my whole childhood keeping me quiet with their opinions that I was just a little bit different, simply non-conforming, shy, too emotionally sensitive. It wasn't until all these problems had built up on top of me too much to ignore anymore that I had the strength to even say something like, I think I know myself better than you do. It's still hard now after being brought up conditioned to stay quiet, to stay safe like that. Even writing my opinion for a simple discussion podcast like this feels a bit nerve-wracking. That intense 
that instinctive anxiety of what what if someone disagrees? You can't actually do anything bad to me because of it. Perhaps a bit of ironic and joking mansplaining for human humor that wouldn't be so funny to someone else who's been on the receiving end as much as I have. But I still feel that power imbalance of being the guest, the minority, against the group of you who hold the power of on this show. It's that learnt response to recognize you're making yourself vulnerable vulnerable by offering an opinion and feeling you should stay safe, safely silent instead. That's why I connect to and love Maybe You're Right, because this song gives me the strength to continue trying to fight against that feeling I still live with in my life. Going back to the Ships and Dips version I shared at the top, Jim sings the final chorus of this version with the power and anger I wish the, the album version had because of how this song makes me feel empowered and because of all the frustration I now have about being made to stay silent all that time. So I give the album version of Maybe You're Right a 4.9 for so very nearly being perfect, but knowing knowing it could have been more hearing Jim's different delivery. This is Tracy speaking. Mill, thank you so much for that different perspective. I know in recording this this week, we did not even stumble on that different version. And thank you so much for speaking up about it. And I am so glad that you were able to do so. Um, as a person who isn't in a minority status and has never lived that, it is hard for me to, to put myself into that position. And so it's good when people are able to explain that and to help me get that perspective and even as the host of the show it it astounded me when I was reading this that you and what you had wrote that yeah even in that situation I have power I I don't tend to be a person who tries to lord power over others but there is that natural power there and pointing that out to me was amazing. Thank you very much for that perspective. I, I hope that you continue to join us when you can and that you continue to give us your points of view because as you just proved with these points of view, your point of view is not only different, but authentic and important. Thank you so much. Mill gave us an amazing appearance of of the Brothers Cregan doing this song, and Heidi gave us an amazing appearance of them doing it live. So those are going to be our two appearances this week. Well, Heidi's a, had, an amazing appearance anyway in this podcast. I agree. Yes, I was not kidding when I said that Heidi would make like Thank the you. perfect regular I host. Would be. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, come on, it gives us the female perspective we have always said we needed. I would be honored. Um, wait, she's, she's wait, female? Yeah, wait, let me check. Hold on. Wait, we we using the right the right yeah. pronouns? Yeah. Oh, yes. Doctor. That's good, good, good question. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sorry, doctor. I'm not that kind of doctor, <laughs> <laughs> no, I am a doctor. 
There's a PhD behind those names. Oh, wow. We have a PhD. That, wow. I'm a teacher doctor. There you go. <laughs> teacher doctor. That sounds strange. We'll not we'll just that out. Um, I've seen movies like that. that. Higher, higher, higher. Is that higher than 12th grade? Higher, higher. 12 and a half. <laughs> grade nine? Okay, yeah. They called me Eddie. They called me Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> Heidi, are there other places that people can hear you if they want to hear more of you? They can come and listen to my lectures at Castle University. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I am the director. They can come hang out with Steve and your, your yeah, husband right. on the They're couch. watching Buck Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, Everyone's welcome. I have, a, I, have, I have one music, it's a music matters podcast. It's a music ed chat podcast um going but it's with my students so other than that i am all yours so like you can't hear me anything <laughs> anywhere else except in my office and in my classrooms <laughs> so i only come out to play for bare naked ladies so. hey. <laughs> well guys i'm starving and i really i can use some lasagna eat, so i gotta go oh, guys no. sliders oh, i'm not no. quite sure what i want to eat though i don't i don't know i guess a burger sounds kind of good do you guys know any good burger places can you recommend a place i was thinking in and out yes mcdonald's oh Definitely no McDonald's. see I'm, I'm more of a burger no, person no, but we... my wife my wife likes McDonald's. Yes, we've got to go. I, we've I got actually, to go, yeah, she's the McDonald's girl. I call her girl. my McDonald's girl. Yeah, I'm in love with the McDonald's girl. Uh, and we have Dean. I am in love with the McDonald's girl. If I only had Googleies. Oh wait, I did go viral. You can see me on YouTube. Oh. I put Google. Yeah, I put giant googly eyes on a tractor in my backyard because we're having it excavated for a garage, and it got 1.4 million hits. What? Holy moly! Wow. Just because I had a, yes. I mean, giant Google. You can't ads. trust They're anything big, so. without googly eyes. So I am kind of famous <laughs> for googly eyes. Jeff looks down at his music video views on YouTube and just weeps. <laughs> <laughs> you need to put a that's tractor what, with googly that's eyes. That's what I've been doing wrong for three years. Video. I have yes. not googly eyed enough. You, you need to googly eye. That changes eye. today. That changes to today. Eye. I'll send you yeah, a link. Next I'll video. send. I'll send Tracy the link, and you can check it out because okay, it's worth it. It's uh, because well, that means that now she has more views on her tractor with googly eyes darn right <laughs> i'm i'm doc welch 74 on tiktok that's me i share Hello, random doctor. bits of weirdness <laughs> thanks that was fun don't forget no regrets except maybe